Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. from the past back in the day that song was a transitional kind of song many churches that were moving from more more traditional worship to something a little more contemporary a little more relevant used that song as, as a transitional song because it was it seemed it was new but it seemed rather old it seemed like an older hymn or an older chorus and so it found a found a home in a lot of churches where it meant a lot to, to worshipers, especially that were making, making that transition, some, some willingly and some, some kicking and screaming probably all the way. But um, gratitude and thanksgiving is, is on our minds this week for sure as we enter uh, this holiday week of thanksgiving. And I wonder if some of you are like me. I, I can tend to be kind of cynical about things sometimes. I'm, I'm sure that's a shock to most of you, but... I've learned that cynicism and gratitude just can't walk together. That a grateful heart can't be a cynical heart. And that a cynical heart has a hard time finding things to be grateful for and thankful for. And so as, as we look at this text today, I hope you, if you're like me, you'll find yourself being drawn to the truth of it and allowing gratitude uh, to find a more at home, more resident place in your life today. Turn to uh, Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses together, verses 5 to 17 of Colossians chapter 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, 
Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, there are probably 15 things that we could spend our time on today, but I want to focus on three that I think are in this text and jump out at this text about perspective. Perspective is everything in, first of all, how we see others. It's everything in how we see others. He picks up on it in these early part. Verse 7 says, You used to walk in these ways, in, in uh, immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Um, when Christ, verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him. Um, talks about our past, putting on the new self. The enemy has, has sought for decades to divide us as, as believers, as a culture. And he's doing that in the culture. He's been very effective at it in the culture. If you're not sensing it, you, you have your head in the sand because <clears throat> we are continually being put into camps and, and, and groups and, 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 and being divided in our culture. And sadly, that's found its way into the church, into the kingdom. Where we are being divided over denomination, we're being divided over doctrine, being divided over isms and schisms, being divided over the color of the carpet, the color of the paint, things that are insignificant, some things that are, but many that are not. And that's, it is because we see ourselves as insiders or as, as the group that matters, and theirs is the group that doesn't. Um, whether that's Dividing ourselves over skin color, black or white, dividing ourselves over, over rich or poor, over conservative or liberal, over homosexuality, heterosexuality, over our sexuality, over whether we're married or divorced, uh, whether we're motivated or whether we're lazy. Or, we find ways to divide ourselves. In essence, we, we, we separate ourselves oftentimes from folks that aren't like us, whatever like us is, because after all, we're on the right side, aren't we? We're never wrong. Uh, so we find, the, find ways to divide ourselves and with folks that are not like me. When he says in this passage, we have to learn to see them, whoever them, them are in your mind, have to learn to see them as someone Christ died for. Now, how do we do that? Well, he tells us here that we need to put off the old self, rid yourselves of all such things, taking off your old self with its practices and to put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the Creator. So we're separating our old man, our old nature, from the new nature. Taking off the old, putting on the new. Why is that? Because we're all worthy of His love. We're all worthy of His mercy. We're all worthy of His grace. And uh, folks who are living in, in the new self, who have separated themselves from the old nature, the old man, the old ways, can more readily see uh, that God has died for all of us and loves all of us. So perspective is everything in how we see others. Second thing, perspective is, is everything in how we see the church. Look at verses 12 to 14 and how we see the church. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with, what's these things? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. He's saying here, we're a body, and we need to function as a body. Now, a body doesn't have six feet, it only has two. It doesn't have six mouths, it only has one. 
We need to function as a body. Whether we find ourselves as a pinky toe, whether we find ourselves as a voice, somewhere in between those two places, we need to function as a body with varying gifts, varying strengths, varying, weakness, varying weaknesses, uh, moving and acting and living as one, functioning as one. Listen to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who has need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That sense of oneness, that sense of if I've got supply and you have a need, that's how needs are met in, in the supply of the body of Christ. That sense of oneness, I think, is what he's calling us to here and what he's talking about, how, how we function as a body with, with varying gifts and strengths and weaknesses, yet headed in the same direction, all rowing in the same direction. Paul describes what that looks like uh, in three ways in these, in these three verses. First is this, is he talks about our being clothed with character. That's what verse 12 is about. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Those are character traits. And when we clothe our, ourselves in character, that, that is in essence saying, these are things that are on the inside of me, that if they're seen and, and, and made visible and, and obvious, great. If they're not, that's still who I am, whether anybody else is around or looking or not. That's who, I, who, who I'm wired to be, who, who I'm called to be. And that those, those, trait, those character traits are who I am, what makes me tick, that's on the inside. Where there is, there is no me, but him. Second thing I think he talks about in verse 13 is that we're carried by forgiveness. Carried by, forgive each other. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If, if, if any of you have a grievance against each other, forgive as the Lord forgave you. This is an unending forgiveness. Listen to Matthew chapter 18. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive someone who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, Peter was quoting the law in Deuteronomy. And that seven times was within a 24-hour period. Sun up to sun, sun up. Seven times a day, in essence. And Jesus answered, I'll tell you not seven times, but 77 times. That's how we should forgive each other in a, in a, within a 24-hour period. So that is, that is an unending forgiveness, an unending, unconditional type of forgiveness that we should have each other for each other as the body. Um, and the third thing is found in verse 14, clothed in character, carried by forgiveness, but culminated in love. Verse 14 speaks to that. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Put on love as a virtue. Love, as we just saw in the Johns, has a way of binding us together, a way of drawing what is unlovable and making it lovable, a way of drawing together what is unworthy and making it worthy because we are commanded and called to love and be loved uh, to others. It, that's true because love has no agenda. Uh, I can't be more important than you when you're more important than me. And so we have to ask ourselves, is, is it more me and less you or less me and more you? That's, that's, that's what love does. That's what love looks like. It's, it's selfless and puts itself second or third or fifth or twelfth down the list when it's putting others ahead of them. That's, that's how we should see each other. That's how the church should function together as a body and seeing others as more important than ourselves. 
Perspective is everything on how we see others, how we see the church. And thirdly, perspective is everything in how we see ourselves and how we see ourselves. Look at 15 to 17 again. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since we are members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Again, Paul gets specific here in these three verses in areas where most of us could use some work. The first is, is to be a person of peace. He talks about that in verse 15. Commanded to be a person of peace, meaning that we let go of hurt, we let go of blame, we let go of bitterness, we let go of prejudice, we let go of entitlement, let go of jealousy. In essence, we let go of me. Life doesn't have to be and shouldn't be all about me. Um, so how do we do that? Well, he says, do those things and be thankful. Why? Because gratitude is the vehicle that gives us opportunity to live out those, those characteristics and, and, and things we give up in, in place of putting peace in its place. The second, second thing he talks about is to be a person of substance in verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. He's using the context of worship here to uh, speak to us in terms of what we share with each other at points of wisdom and then what we bring to God in terms of psalms, hymns, and, and spiritual songs, songs from the Spirit. Now, psalms are songs that are to God. Several weeks ago, that's the, the dividing line, what slices many worship styles that are different from each other. Some are more horizontal songs about God, and songs are more, some, some songs are more vertical that are songs to God. That's, that's what the Psalms are about. Like you go look, go look at David's writings, and you'll see that probably 85 to 90% of them are vertical songs that are songs written to God about who God is, his nature, what he does. Then, uh, not, not only Psalms, but hymns that are songs about God those songs that teach us about the nature of who he is and speak to the nature of who he is and how he works. And then there are songs, there are spiritual songs, that are songs from God um, that, are that are prompted by his spirit. In fact, Give Thanks that we heard as, as just a few minutes ago it was written by Don Moen. And I've, I've heard Don tell this story at a conference about how he wrote that song. He was in a, in a, a, uh, in a church. I don't remember if it was a com conference setting or a revival setting or something, but there was an altar call at the end and people were responding uh, in droves. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he said, I just welled up in gratitude for what God was doing in our midst in that room. He said, I began playing on the piano this melody. And as people began to continue to come, the Spirit gave me words in that moment to say, just give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks. Uh, he said, as that, as that song came from the Spirit, I began to, to, to have words to go with what I was playing. And that song was in the moment for the moment. He said, God has used it beyond that moment, certainly, in church after church after church. But it came for, in the spontaneity of what I felt like God was up to in that moment, I was just trying to be obedient to what he, he was, the Spirit was giving me. And that's exactly what he's talking about in spiritual songs. Songs that come from the Spirit through us to others and for, for God's glory and the benefit and growth of others. 
then the third thing he talks about is not only just being a person of peace and a person of substance. He talks about our being a person of action in verse 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Whatever you do, in essence, so we are commissioned and commanded to do something with our faith that it doesn't just, it isn't just absorbed uh, and, and believed and locked away, but there is action to it. And he says, to do it all in the name of Jesus, all that we do in the name of Jesus, uh, all the while being thankful for the opportunity. In essence, he's saying gratitude should move us to a place of action. A person who has a thankful heart should be a person who is active with their faith. A person who lives from a position and platform and place of gratitude, that person is going to ha have a more obvious, uh, more vocational dedication to sharing their faith and making sure the gospel is known, making sure their story is told, making sure people know and hear about Jesus. Um, that is, in essence, how we should see ourselves as, as, as vehicles of peace, vehicles of substance, vehicles of action, because what God has, has given us, and we are grateful for what he's given us. Well, in a practical sense, to, to sum these things up, how do we put to death the old self and, and put on the new self? Well, as I said earlier, gratitude is the vehicle of how we do that. To lay aside the old nature, the old ways, the old mindset, the old thought process, and replace that with a new man. <clears throat> We have to be grateful for what God has done and is doing in order for that to work. How do we make church more meaningful and make a greater difference in the community? Gratitude is the vehicle for that. Being grateful for, for this particular church, what God has called you to, how he's led you here and, and given you opportunity to serve here and grow here, um, to be a person of, of service and a person of where the body looks like one that says we were talking about earlier. If we're grateful for where God's planted us and placed us, it's far easier for a church to be more meaningful and more for the church to make a greater difference in the community. How do we make it through life and, and have life make sense? Gratitude is the vehicle for that. It's the vehicle for how we see ourselves. It's, it's the vehicle for, for navigating the, the trip-ups and places of, of stumble for us in life to where uh, we don't stay there we visit there, but we don't stay there because our heart changes for gratitude for what God has not only has allowed us to endure in, in those times of, of trial and in, in valleys, but to be grateful for the mountaintops and, and, and the places where life is seem, seemingly more blessed than others are. Gratitude makes us selfless. Gratitude also makes us hopeful. Both those things, this text has shown us to be true. But also what I want you to see is gratitude is contagious. If you have a grateful heart, you're going to draw people more. As, as I said, honey draws more, more, more bees than, than whatever the other side of that saying is. Vinegar, I guess. That, uh, gratitude is, is a contagious attribute. It's a contagious characteristic, a contagious way to live. People will be drawn to, to a person that's grateful and will be grateful for those kinds of people that are grateful around them. So, an uh, introspective way to end this message today is I want to ask you, who are you grateful for? Is it a spouse? Is it your family that God's placed you in, in and around? Is it a, gr a group of friends that you cherish and hold you accountable and, and you them? Who are you grateful for? Secondly, what are you grateful for? This church? Your career? Uh, your, the health God's given you? Uh, at this point, stage in your life. 
Who are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? And the final question is, how are you showing it? How are you showing your gratitude? Is it just by way of private prayer to say, God, thank you for them. That's great. Thank you for this job. That's great. Thank you for my church. That's great. But you show gratitude to the people that God's placed in your life, not just by thanking him, but thanking them as well. I want to thank you for being a friend that will be honest with me and tell me the truth. I want to thank you for being a friend that will walk with me and encourage me and help me see when I'm stepping out of line. I want to thank you, God, for, for putting me in this church. I want to thank you for, for the growth opportunities I've had in my faith as a result of my being here. And so as I come to worship, I want that to come out of my heart, come out, out of my voice. As I serve you in whatever capacity, I want, I want that service to be motivated by the fact that I'm, I'm grateful for, for what you've done, where you place me, and who you place me around. Uh, and as I show those things to the, the rest of this body of believers, I hope, they, I hope that's contagious to them too. I hope they start to be grateful for, for God placing them in my path and me in theirs. Because as we walk together and live and do life together, uh, none of us are called to be and can't be effectively islands to ourselves. We need each other. And the longer we live, the more I understand that, how desperately we need each other. My, my, as, I, as I age, my deficiencies become more obvious to me, and the greater need I have for others, to surround myself with others that are better at things that I'm, I'm not as good at. And so we need each other to help each other, to grow each other, to encourage each other, and that God is glorified in all that. And all of that hinges, friend, on gratitude, on a grateful heart. Let's pray. Father, with this attitude of <clears throat> gratitude and trying to reclaim that, be something we just don't reserve for one day of the year or a week of the year. But something that, that stirs our hearts to, in a culture that <clears throat> needs to see a heart of gratitude instead of entitlement, a heart of gratitude instead of what, what I want, what I need, what I, me, me, me. Instead of a culture that sees and is drawn to those kinds of things, would we learn to be people of, not just people of faith, and not just people of a story, not just people of the gospel. All those things are true. Would we be those who are grateful for those things and grateful for what you've done, what you're doing, what you're allowing us to be and become, how the valley is making more sense of the mountaintop, how the mountaintop is is being drawn into the valley some a little more in my life too. As we mature, we, we start to see those things. And we start to see your hand in everything around us. So today stir us to be, if we're here and we feel that we're due, that we're entitled, that we're, we owe, we're owed something, help us to see that if we got what we deserve, each of us today would be in the back corner of hell crying out for mercy. I'm grateful we don't get what we deserve. I'm grateful beyond what we deserve, we get your hand and your blessing in our lives. So stir up in us some gratitude today. Let that ooze out of our conversation tomorrow, this week. Let it be told to people that you placed around us that we're grateful for, and let it be shown to the church, our jobs, our health. Let it be shown to those around us that you placed within our sphere of influence they can see 
the grateful hearts that we minister from, the grateful hearts that we're transformed into because we see that old nature's gone. I've set aside that old person and I pick up the new person. It's walking in peace. It's walking in truth. It's walking in love. And I'm choosing every day to live out of a heart of gratitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 